discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. seats in heavenly places. Praise the Lord. So on behalf of all of us of Love Economy Church worldwide, I want to welcome you to our freshest service for 2019. Wow. Hallelujah. So, you are welcome. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in love. We believe in the Bible. We believe in, I mean, we believe in the word of God. What else do we believe in? We believe in the wisdom of God. We believe in God. Hallelujah. So you are in a safe place. Tell anybody you are in a safe place. Wow. What a shock. Hallelujah. So I just want to share some things to welcome you to campus. I know almost everybody who has been invited this morning is from KNUST campus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, I also attended KNUST. Yeah. Hallelujah. And how many of you attended? If you attended KNUST, stand up and you are here. Stand up if you attended KNUST and you are here. Wow. We are all here. We are all here. All right. So I about um, 16 years ago, I came to first year like you. 16 years ago. That would be what, 2000 and what? 2004, so 15 years ago. Yes, 15 years ago, I was in your shoes. And I left university 11 years ago. So I think I know some one or two things that I can share with you that will help you. What do you think? Do, do you think I know some things that you might not know? My wife also attended K. I met my wife on KNUSD campus. Hey, what a shock. What a shock. Hey. In fact, I even met her in church. In church. In church. Hey. You never know what the Lord will do for you. You too. You too. This pastor also met his wife on KNUSD campus. And him too. He too. He too. Met his wife. Hey, what a shock. Hallelujah. So, some of us left school 11 years ago, others left school 10 years ago, others left school 5 years ago, 4 years ago, 3 years ago, 2 months ago, 2 months ago. Hallelujah. Yeah, so I, I just want you to know that you are in a good place. You are in a very nice place where others have gone ahead of you and are here and ready to help you. You will meet your senior cosmics around. You will meet your lecturers 
around. We have some lecturers here who are in service here. You meet your TAs here. You meet all kinds of people here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you are welcome once again. You would learn so much. If only you open your heart and open your mind and not treat us as aliens in your life, you would learn so much and you would be protected throughout your stay. You know, just as you have come to school now uh, and you are excited about so many things, um, there are a lot of things that the devil also has planned for you. You see, God has a lot of beautiful things that he has planned for you. At the same time, the devil also has a lot of terrible things that he has planned for you. Yeah. This is the time when a lot of young girls get pregnant. First semester. It's a very critical semester. Yes. Yeah. Because actually for the first two weeks, you may not do anything. Have you noticed you've not done anything since you came? When you finish registering on Friday, after the long queue, right now you are just there, roaming about. You are roaming so much, if we are not careful, we'll call you Romeo. What a shot. So you visit someone at Unity Hall, then you visit another person at Katanga Hall, you visit another person at Indies Hall, Africa Hall, or you are in a hostel, you want to do sleepover, you want to do all kinds of things. So it's a problem. So if you are not careful, and there are a lot of guys around, a lot of beautiful ladies around. You know, and hold on, hold on, hold on. And it's like you've been thrown into a world of independence and freedom. You see, university is not like secondary school. In university, you can stay in someone's room for a long time. No housemaster. No senior. No lights out. No senior housemaster. No exiats. No prefects in the room to do anything. No prep. No what? There's nothing. I mean, secondary school and university are two different places altogether. That is why it's called university. University means, oh, ah. Let me preach now. Ah. University is called, it's called university because it means universal city. You get it. You get to learn, you meet all types of people in the universe, in school. You meet all types of temperaments, all types of characters. You may have roommates you don't know from Adam. You've never met them before. And you're in the same room. You meet all kinds of characters, some nice, some not so nice. So if you are not careful, you, you'll be pushed into a serious unbalance in your life. And by the time you find your footing once again, you've made a lot of mistakes you may not be able to recover from. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I know a small girl who did two abortions before she finished first year. By the time she was done with first year, she had done two abortions, had had sex 70 times. She came as a virgin. She came in as a, when she came to the university, she was a virgin. By the first two weeks, her virginity was broken. After two months, she was pregnant. Her first pregnancy had come. And then she aborted. So she had a lot of experience within three months, four months. Hey! Tell the nearest lady by you, Charlie, be careful. There are wolves around. Hallelujah. And then when classes also start, you realize that nobody is telling you to go to class. 
do you see? Now, there are two people in the school. They are continuing students and they are first years. When the continuing students come, you see that most of them are very serious. Their face is not, they don't smile much. Like they are wild, they move around. They are wild. Moving. They are wild. I remember when we came to first year. Uh, I read chemistry, first degree. And I read an MBA, second degree. All at KNUST. So the first degree, there was this lady in our class who joined herself to the guys in the class. You know, chemistry is difficult, so boys are the ones who do it most of the time. So we didn't have many girls in the class. So this lady was always moving around with us. When we are fooling, she's also fooling so. You get it? Like when we are fooling around. But she doesn't know that those times, I was in Katanga Hall. Katanga was not mixed. It's only boys. So before we sleep, in Katanga Hall, during those years, Katanga Hall, two weeks before exams, they wake everybody up every day. Like your, your continuing students, we used to have continuing students with us. So they'll come and bang on your doors. Get up at 4 a.m. They'll come and wake everybody up and push all of us to the dining hall area to go and learn. Everybody go and learn. If you don't learn, they'll pour water on you. Like, go and learn. So Katanga boys were foolish boys, but then they were the first class students as well. Because of that particular thing, they'll push you to learn. Do you get it? But it wasn't happening in her hall. So when we are learning, she's asleep. And when we are fooling, she's fooling with us. Oh, Charlie. So when, when the results came, when the first semester results came, eh, all of us were either first class or second class upper, high upper, like 68, 69. And she had 49. So the second semester when we were coming to school, she had come earlier and had gone to check the results. Those times the results will be pasted before you come. So when you come, you just, is, this, is it like that still? Huh? So you come and then it's there. So she went to go and have a look at it. And she was coming. We met her on Mecca Road. Do you know Mecca Road? I mean, if you, know, you don't know Mecca Road? Okay. Mecca Road is the, is the road that you take to school. The, the popular road that you take to school. Okay? That is for the, those who are, right now even the accidents are around that side now. Yeah. So we were on Mecca Road, walking on Mecca Road, and then we saw her coming. So we saw her like, hey, Charlie, what's up? What's up? She gimmed. Do you know gim? She gimmed like this. She bawled. And then when we tried to hug her, she just dodged us and she was going angrily. We said, oh, what is it? She said, you people, you are wicked people. You were learning and I was I got 49, all of you as a girl, she was crying. Yeah, that is, you see continuous their faces are not good faces at all because they didn't know something, so the way they started was not good. You get it? Uh-huh. So nobody will tell you to go to class. Nobody will tell you to listen to what is being said. The learning is not like, you have, I'm sure they organize, they have some things that they'll say, maybe next week we'll have some two sessions to teach you how to learn and all those things. You get it? I'm just trying to introduce you small to it and then share the word of God with you and then next you could do that. You know? So, it's not like secondary school. You, you learn in a certain way, prep time and all those things. Here, it's not, there's nothing like that. And the, the lectures, is lecture. It's not teaching. There's a difference between teaching and lectures. I, I taught in a second, I taught chemistry in a secondary school many years ago. I taught chemistry for five years in a secondary school between 2008 and 2013. Yeah. And I know how teaching is. When you're teaching in a secondary school, you give everything to the students. Like we even draw diagrams on the board. Like the whole class is a diagram of amoeba or 
or a, a, a cell or spirogyra, something. We have to drive it and then we label the parts and then you also draw and label the parts in your book. Have you seen some before? But university, there are no drawings. There, there's nothing. I mean, the lecturer is talking about quantum chemistry or quantum mechanics. And he hasn't drawn anything. Nothing. He's just talking about how the atom moves from one orbital to suborbital to another suborbital. He's drawing it in the sky, so it moves like that and then moves like hey, you don't know what is going on. You do pharmacy, they teach you all kinds. What are some of the things they first year pharmacy? Stand up and let me let me ask you. What do what are some of the things they, they teach you first year? Pastor, inorganic chemistry. Wow. Do you know inorganic chemistry? I did inorganic chemistry. You may not see anything. Then there are our students as well. Yeah. Hey. Well, they are students, they fulfill so people. Yeah. So, like, what I'm trying to say is that it's not the same. Do you understand? So you have to really become very serious now. Don't, don't joke. Don't, it's not time to play around too much. It's not time to be fully around. Find your level first. And they, they function, they work with something called CWA on KNUSD campus. CWA means cumulated weighted average. We have SWA and CWA. SWA semester weighted average. And then we have cumulative weighted average. Now, SWA is what you get, the mark you get for the semester. You understand? So let's say they put all your exams together, all the mid-semesters, everything together. And then they divide it by the number, there's something called credit hours. Okay, credit hours means the number of hours you spend lecturing that particular uh, class. Okay, so you could have some courses that are four credit hours, some are three credit hours, some are one credit hours, some are six credit hours, some are two credit hours. There's no 10. It's, I think it's a project work when you get your level 400 or fourth year that you have that. Are you here? Yeah. Now, when you start out, they will multiply what you get. So let's say you, got, you are doing, um, um, what, what course were you giving? Construction tech and what? And management. Construction, I've never heard that course before. Construction tech and management. You'll be my friend. I'm into construction too, so you'll be friends. You know. So do you know some of the courses you'll be doing this semester? Or it's not yet out? It's out. Most of them don't know yet. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what you get, let's say you are going to do management in construction management. Okay? You're going to do management. Now, management may have a credit hour of like four. What it means is that whatever you get, whatever mark you get in that particular subject is going to be multiplied by that four. So if you had 30%, they're going to multiply the 30% by the four. Do you get it? 30 times four is what? Three, four, 12. That's 120. So they'll multiply all your marks by the credit hour. After they will divide it by the total what? credit hours. I don't know if you get it. They'll, so they'll multiply all of them by the credit. So if you had 90, 90 times four, you are gone. You have a lot of, so if you should try and get a lot of high marks for the semester, for this particular semester, because the next semester, 
whatever they, they, when they do the semester weighted average, okay, so let's say this semester you got 55, after they have done all the calculation, you got 55%. 55 is second class lower. Do you get it? Second class lower. Now, if you got second class lower, what it means is that next semester, if you get 70, they are going to add the 70 to the 55 and divide it by two. I don't know if you are getting the math I'm trying to do. Do you get it? So what it means is that because you started with a small figure, every time they add up and divide, the figure becomes, if it, the figure is supposed to go up, but it doesn't go up. It never goes up. Like it's still, so when they do the division, you realize that it's, you may go, even though you have 75 the next time, you may just come to about, maybe, it's just, you just come to about zero point something, and it doesn't do anything. So it's good you start well. Do you understand? Yeah. So if you start the, the, your course by getting a good average the first time, if you start and you get about 70 or 68 or 75 or 80, it will be very difficult for you to calm down. 70, 70 up as well, first class. So it will be very difficult for you to calm down even though you may not be doing well in the, in the semesters after. I don't know if you, are, you understand. Yeah, just something small to put in your kneecap so that you remember for your life. That's not my message. I'm just trying to help you understand some one or two things, okay? Hallelujah. But what I'm actually going to share with you is something very, very more important than anything you can think about in your life. Do you want to know what I want to share with you? So my, my subject for the day, for the next two weeks, today and next week Sunday, is seven reasons why you need a shepherd in your life. Seven reasons why you need a shepherd in your life. Next week when you come and bring a notebook and a pen because church is also a school. It's a place for you to learn. So as you are in school, you'll be learning a lot of things in church. That will help you in your life. Okay. We are here for more than your, your school. We are here for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I met her as a, as a student. I met him as a student. I met her as a student. I met him 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 as a student. I met you as a student. I met almost everybody as a student. But now, she's a doctor. She's a jeweler. She's working in church. She's, she has, why are you working, Kai? She's, a, he's an engineer. We have doctors. We have engineers. We have lawyers. We have uh, farmers, we have all types of people <laughs> around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been, I've known her for more than 13 years. I've known her for about nine years. I've known him for about six years. So many, we've been, we've been together for a long time. So we want to be with you for, for the rest of your life. Are you in the church? Uh -huh. Now, what did I say my subject was? Seven reasons why you need a shepherd in your life. Say it once again. Personalize it for yourself. Seven reasons why I need a shepherd. So say it. One to go. Yes. Seven reasons why you need a shepherd in your life. What are some of the things you need in life? I didn't say want. I said need. So what are some of the needs? You need what? Money, you need air. Is it true? Yeah. You need what? Food. If you don't eat for seven days, what do you think will happen to you? <laughs> Charlie, it will be very serious though. Am I lying? 
Have you tried fasting for three days before? Have you tried fasting for three days before? You've tried, like no eating. Did it work? How are you feeling like after? Very weak. About to die. I did some some time ago. I felt like I was crawling like a snake. I had to crawl like a snake to go and look for food. It was not easy. Yeah. Food is very important. Air is very important. If you don't, if you don't get air for your lungs for more than how many minutes? Three minutes. I think you will die. Oh? If you don't get air into your lungs for like three minutes or more. Come again. Five minutes or more. You will not, you will not survive. So it's a need. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. You need to poo-poo. Is it true? You need to poo-poo? You know poo-poo? You need... If you don't poo-poo for more than one month... If you don't poo-poo for more than... Can you tell me some of the things that can happen to somebody who does not poo-poo for like six months? Tell us. Please tell us. We are interested. Please stand up and then tell us. Six months is too long. Six months is too long. So let's say how many? A month? So like a month, yes. What are some of the problems you could have of if you've not you pooped for a month? comfortable. You can't eat much because your, your intestines are already full. Ow. And you will probably lose weight because you are not getting food to be digested. And if it's so bad, it can actually come out of your mouth. There are different levels of, we say, obstruction that will prevent you from either um, food going down or food coming out. You understand? So if it's lower, so that means lower is that that means that you are not going to poo poo. All the backup which will be coming up this way. So when some people they'll say that when my child vomits, it smells like toilet. Yes. So then that tells you that it is a lower backlog. Yes. And. It is very, very serious. It is it's a serious emergency. And what happens is that your... It's a serious emergency. Yeah, your intestines, it can cause Explode. perforation. Yeah. Into, it, when it gets into your abdomen, you're in trouble. That will be very difficult yeah. to... So recover. it will cause your, your intestines to start exploding small, small. <laughs> and then all your inside will be poo-poo. It's not easy, oh. It's not a joke. Thank God, whenever you're sitting on the toilet seat... And things are coming out. You should be singing glory to God. I'm telling you. It's a need. Tell everybody it's a need. If you're unable to wee-wee, it's a need to wee-wee, like to urinate. But if you don't urinate, you will have a kidney problem. And when you have, you know, the kidneys, wee-wee has urea inside. Okay, which has nitrogen, which is, has some problems for the body. You don't, you don't have to keep it too much. So it has to come out. So if you are not wee-weeing, okay, it will affect your, your kidneys, and then your kidneys will fail, and that will be the end. You are going to die. So if you are wee-weeing and the thing is coming easily, you should be, because as people grow up, they begin to have, their, their bladder begins to have problems, their kidneys begin to have problems. You, have you heard of dialysis before? Yeah, people go for dialysis to take away things from their system because some their kidney is not functioning well. 
Hallelujah. There are a lot of things you need. What, has, what, what other thing do you think you need in life? Water. You need sleep. Do you know if you don't sleep for a week? You may not even be able to sleep for a week. Like, you understand? Like, if you are not sleeping for more than four days, do you know that you can go mad? You can have a psychological problem. Do you know? Yeah, you, 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 you will not be able to think straight. Your life will just go off. Because you have not been sleeping for four days. Like you are not sleeping. 24 hours, 24 hours. It's not even possible. Your body will start to break down. Your body will just break down. Sleep. Very important. Now, the things that are needed for the body are always in abundant supply. That is why air is in abundant supply. Because if someone is selling air, do you know that air is sold now in certain places in the world? They pack, of course, oxygen is sold at the hospital. So you should know that air has been for sale for a very long time. But then right now, they are bottling clean air from certain places for certain countries. Because their country is polluted. If you go to China, you see that a lot of people have masks on. Have you seen some people, sometimes if you watch it on TV, you see that they are riding motorbikes with masks. They are driving their car with masks. Because the air is polluted because of all the industrial works. I see it. So sometimes they bottle air for them to breathe and have fresh air go into their lungs. Yeah. But it's not supposed to be like that. Air is in abundance. Water is in abundance. All the things that I need are in abundance. But there's a certain need you have in your life that is not in abundance. Even though it's supposed to be in abundance. You need a shepherd in your life. You need what? A shepherd in your life. So reason number one why you need a shepherd. Number one. Reason number one. Why you need the shepherd? It's a need, though. Like I said, it's a need. It's a need. You need the shepherd because Jesus said a shepherd is the most important need. Because Jesus said a shepherd is the most important need in any human being's life. Because Jesus said a shepherd is the most important need in any human being's life. A shepherd is the most important need. Can you imagine? You know Jesus is God, right? Now if you are not born again, we'll lead you to Christ today. But you know that Jesus is God. Jesus is a very important person. Jesus is God and God created the heavens and the earth. With all the things we mentioned, the food, the air, the water, everything. Yet when he came on earth, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Let's read from verse 35 so that you see Jesus who is talking. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Isn't that powerful? Look at the next verse. So this is Jesus still talking, right? Or they are still talking about Jesus. But when Jesus saw the multitudes, when he saw people, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Isn't it? He says when he saw them, when he saw the people, when God looks down on earth and looks at all the human beings down, he's moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they faint. This is because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now someone will say, I'm not a sheep. God has a way of seeing people. God sees human beings as sheep. That's how God sees human beings. Let me show it to you in the Bible. Psalm 95. 
verse 6 and verse 7. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us, this, this is uh, David talking. He says, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Is the Lord your maker? Is God your maker? Do you believe God made you? Do you believe that you didn't make yourself? Do you believe that you didn't come out of a tree? Do you believe you didn't come out of a rock? You are not Superman. You are not a Kryptonian. <laughs> Neither are you uh, something else. Please, you are from this place. A human being gave birth to you. And human beings did not just exist. God made human beings. So he says, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. And the sheep of his hand. Have you seen it? We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So, brothers and sisters, whether you like it or not, you were a sheep. I'm a sheep. You were a sheep. As far as God is concerned, we are the people of his pasture and we are sheep. For instance, Jesus' last words, okay, and last request before he left is found in John chapter 21, verse 15. Look at John 21, 15. This is Jesus talking now. You remember Jesus is God, right? So when they are dying, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. This is Jesus living on. And he's living, he's living the world of human beings. And he's telling Peter that, listen, if you love me, feed my lambs. A lamb is a baby sheep. Isn't it? Look at the next verse. So he said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Meaning that we are the sheep of his pasture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how he sees us. That's how he sees us. Now, can a sheep, have you ever seen either a sheep or a cattle, any, any ruminant, okay? It's, it's a pasture type of animal. Have you ever seen a cow, you know, talking to people around that he's going to Accra? Like he's going to Accra on his own. What do you think will happen to a cow if the cow decides that he's going to move from this place, from Tech Campus to Accra on his own? What do you think will happen? Or let's say he's moving from here to the north. He's going to the north. What do you think will happen to him? You become beef on the road, isn't it? That, so that is how human beings are. When you decide that your life is yours and that you are going to manage yourself and that you can make it on your own and do whatever you want to do your way, you are like that goat or that sheep or that cow that is traveling to, to Accra on his own. You will become, you know, Hanam. The devil will use you as meat. Hallelujah. So when the Lord saw the multitude, when he saw the people, he was moved with compassion inside. Moved. God has feelings for you. You think God doesn't know? God was involved in your application for school. God was involved when you were writing your exam. God was involved when you came. God was involved when we met you. And God has been involved bringing you here. God cares about you like something. He cares about you with all of... He, cares, he knows that you've not finished paying your school fees. He knows how much you struggle to get your school fees. He knows how the next four years is going to be like. And the, the response of his care for you is that he needs you to have a shepherd. He wants to give you a shepherd. Is that not a powerful thing? Now look at the amplified version of this verse. I want to explain some things to you. When he saw the throngs, he was moved with pity. God has pity for you. 
and he was moved with sympathy for them. Why? Because they were bewildered. They were bewildered. Now, what does it mean to be bewildered? Who has a dictionary? It's explained. No, I, I need. It's explained, but we need the meaning for bewildered, harassed, distressed, dejected, and helpless. Okay? Hallelujah. Look at this. When he saw the throngs, he was moved. God, Jesus was moved with pity and sympathy for them because they were bewildered. The people were what? Bewildered. You don't understand. Some, someone may think that bewildered means to be in the wilderness. Like bewildered, like bewildered, being the wilderness. That's not the meaning. It means something else. Hallelujah. So tell us what it means. Hallelujah. I'm God's icon rapid. Yeah. Bewildered. Deeply or utterly confused or perplexed. Deeply or utterly confused. Unable to understand. Hold on, hold on. Let me say it. Deeply or utterly what? Confused. To be bewildered means what? To be deeply or utterly confused. I mean confusion to the nonsense degree. To the highest degree. Now you may be here and you realize that the way they feel like you are confused. You don't know where you are going. Listen, we've all gone to university. There are people who have finished university and have not had a job for five years, six years, nine years. With first class. I mean, it's, it's confusing. They say education is the key of life. When you finish school, they have taken the key. They have changed the door. There's a new door. That key is gone. Hey! What a shock. So you are bewildered. A lot of people are bewildered in life. You felt like you wanted to be a lawyer. But now, the course you are doing is what? Culture and tourism. So you are confused. You are utterly confused. You don't know how things are going to work. God is telling you that the solution to coming out of that boat is a shepherd. What a shock. Let's read the other one. Read the other definition. Unable to understand something clearly or to think clearly. Unable to understand something clearly or to think clearly. Like you're unable to understand life clearly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. When Jesus saw the people, he saw utter confusion. These people are not going anywhere to go. They are not, they are, there's no purpose. Nothing. You may have chosen the course you choose because your friend was choosing it. Oh, is that truth? Because you want to come to the university. Maybe the university is not supposed to be where you are supposed to be, even be. I'm not saying leave the school. No, not at all. You have come. Stay, please. But what I'm saying, like, there's confusion in life. Take or I die. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your father even chose the course for you. He chose the course he wanted to do when he was in, he was in school. And couldn't get to do it. And he chose it for you. Hey! What a shock. You need a shepherd. A shepherd. A shepherd. This is what Jesus taught to. Harassed. What's the meaning of harassed? The people, because the people were bewildered. I've showed you what bewildered means, isn't it? They were That's why you need to read your Bible with a dictionary. Or you need to have a dictionary in life. A, a children's dictionary. Don't go for literature dictionary that you don't understand anything. Go for... <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, though. Eh? Like, it's wisdom. Go for children's dictionary so that they can... This one is children's dictionary. You can understand it very easily. Easy English. Do you understand? Okay, so harass. What does harass mean? 
to be annoyed or bothered in a constant or repeated way. To be annoyed or to be bothered in a constant way. Isn't it? So, maybe there are things that are happening around you that is making you annoyed. Or bothered. You are bothered. You are wondering how easy money is going to be coming for food. Because as you are sitting here, eh, what, the, what your father left for you on Friday is finished right now as we are talking to you now. And you have called them and they have insulted you already. <laughs> foolish boy, foolish girl. It's not just now that you came. I was being told about a lady who could not even have money to buy pad. Simple pad. It was a problem. Hey. So you can be annoyed in life. You can be bothered in life because of some things that are happening around you. You are harassed. Uh, what, there's another definition, isn't it? Feeling or looking strange. Feeling or looking what? Strange. As a result of having too many demands. As a result of having too many demands. Demand. Feeling or looking strange as a result of having too many demands made on one. Too much. Like one person. For instance, you see your courses. You see like seven courses, eight courses. Everybody's giving assignments. <laughs> Everyone is six credit or something. Your life is just like that. Ah, you are depressed. What you need is a shepherd. You see, a shepherd is so different from the sheep. You know that. First of all, the shepherd is the human being. The sheep is not a human being. The sheep is an animal. What it means is that, you see, a human being has intellect. A human being knows that we shouldn't go here. But a sheep, I, I was driving one day to Takare from Kumase at Asimfosu, where the, the tow booth is. When I got there, there was a sheep. We were all driving on top speed. There was a sheep in the middle of the road eating oranges. There was an, someone had eating oranges and I put it on the street. And the sheep was in the middle of the road eating. He feels that he's in a restaurant. <laughs> Meanwhile, this is a, high, a highway with wild cars coming to kill it. The sheep was in there comfortably eating. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The sheep was sitting in the middle of the road. Now, if that sheep had a shepherd, that shepherd has enough wisdom to say, Brother, we don't eat here. We eat here. Move here. Do you get it? Move this way. Without a shepherd, the sheep would not be protected. The sheep would not be cared for. The sheep would not increase in his life. I mean, a, a, a sheep would just die if he's on his own. Remember, God didn't call us the serpent of his pasture. We are not serpents. Have you seen snakes living together before? The day a snake is born, that day is independent. The day he's born, when he comes out of the womb, he's independent from that day onwards. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But sheep are not like that. Sheep must come together, gather together, and be led for destiny's sake. Now, for your destiny to be achieved, for you to achieve your purpose in life, you need the guidance of a shepherd. I'm going to talk about all those things. The next one is what? Distressed. Can you tell us what distress means? What does it mean to be distressed? I don't know if you are getting the idea. Yeah. So Jesus said that, listen, this is the most important need of humanity. That was why when he was leaving the earth, the last request was that, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, feed my sheep. Like, take care of my people. Take care of my people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at First Peter chapter 5, verse 1. First Peter 5, 1. King James, please. The elders which are among you are exhausted. This is Peter talking. You remember Peter was the one who was told to feed the lambs. You remember? 
Now he's also going to die, and then he's saying, this, I, the elders I, which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Look at the next verse. Feed the flock of God, or the sheep of God, which is among you. Feed the flock of God. So, like, you need to take care, we need, you need someone to take care of, you need someone to help you in life. If you are not helped, you are in trouble. What do you think? Did someone help you fill your form? Did someone endorse your admission form? Did someone... I remember endorsing a lot of people's own for them. Yeah. If you don't have anybody endorsing it for you, will you come? Yeah. You need help. You need help in life. You need help. And God has designed the help that he wants for you. He has designed something called shepherds for you. Because he sees you as his flock. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts 20, 28. Take heed therefore, this is Paul talking to, this is also his final words to a group of pastors. He says to them, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over by which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. So it is the Holy Spirit or it is God who gives you a shepherd. Are you saying it? To feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. So the church or the house of God is full of sheep. You are a sheep that needs to be taken care of. Why? Because it is the most important need according to God of a human being. As for air and those things, it's powerful. If you, if you lose air, people die all the time because their heart fails or they can't breathe or something. If you can't breathe, you still live. Death is not the end of life. Death is the beginning of another life. Now, if you didn't have a shepherd in this life and you die, you cannot continue in life. You may end up in hell or you may end up in a very bad place. So shepherding goes even beyond this world. It goes beyond water, it goes beyond food, it goes beyond anything. I'm going to show you. You'll be surprised that, hey, I need a shepherd in my life. You'll be shocked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I show you some more? Go back to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Distress. What does distress mean? Distress. Unhappiness or pain. Unhappiness or what? Pain. Pain. Have you ever had... This one is suffering from extreme anxiety, sorrow, or pain. Have you ever had any pain in your life? Elikem, have you had anything that has made you have pain before? Yeah. Broken heart or something. Or you are bounced. Or your uncle, hold on, your uncle is the one who raped you and broke your virginity. Yeah something or your cousin is the one who destroyed your life yeah someone slept with your anus i mean you you, you, you someone you are you are having problems with homosexuality because a friend of yours used your anus yeah pain pain a lot of people are walking around with pain in life now the solution for healing your pain is a shepherd wow isn't it amazing yeah. The way to get to your destiny is by having a shepherd. A shepherd will guide you to get to where you are supposed to get to. If you are supposed to get to a car, the shepherd will guide you. With the, with the help of a shepherd, you'll get to where you are supposed to get to. Well, that's why Jesus said it is the most important need. When he saw the people, he didn't say they don't have food to eat. He didn't say they don't have water to drink. He didn't say they don't have air to breathe. 
He didn't say they can't. They, can, they don't have clothes to wear, or they are not employed. Or he said they are like sheep who do not have a shepherd, because a shepherd is too important in their lives. Dejected. When we say someone is dejected, what does it mean? Sad, depressed, and dispirited. Sad, depressed, or dispirited. Sometimes something is eating you up. No vim in life. Not like masturbation is worrying you. No money. Because of money, because of no money, you have to sleep with a big man to get money. Sad and depressed and dispirited. No vim. The Bible says the solution to helping you in life is a shepherd. I mean, you really have to. This is a very important point, too. Very, very important point. Like, out of all the things God could have said, He said that the need of humanity is a shepherd. Tell anybody you need a shepherd in your life. A definition. Powerful definition. Which one is it? Sad because of failure. Sad because of failure. Give it to him and let's see what he also Or she, yeah. If you are dejected, you feel miserable or unhappy. Ow. Especially because you have just been disappointed by something. Ow. Do you know spirit of disappointment? There's a spirit called the spirit of disappointment. What you were hoping to get this, it didn't happen. Oh, then you are, you are dejected. The Bible says the solution to, to that particular problem is what? It's a shepherd. Point number two. Point number two. Because the reason why you need a shepherd. Seven reasons why you need a shepherd. Point number one is what? Because Jesus said a shepherd is the most important thing needed in any human being's life. Is that the point? Because Jesus said a shepherd is the most important need in any human being's life. Point number two, because as a sheep, comma, you need to be fed spiritually. Because as a sheep, comma, you need to be fed spiritually. You need to be what? Fed spiritually. Now, whether you believe it or not, I've told you you're a sheep. Now, every human being is a sheep, and every human being is a spirit. In First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three, the Bible says that Paul says, uh, "Look at it. Let's look at it." First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you are a spirit being. Have you seen a dead body before? How many have seen a dead body before? When you see a dead body, is the head still there? Are the legs still there? Everything is there, isn't it? He's intact. But if you slap him, will he slap you back? If you insult him, will he insult you back? Why? Because the one who causes him to slap is not there. What it shows you is that the body is actually a house. The house owner is not there anymore. The house owner has left. The owner of the house has checked out. Are you seeing it? How many of you buy a, a perfume looking at the bottle? Like you look at the bottle and then buy Like the bottle is nice. It has a nice circular shape. So you buy the perfume. You buy a perfume because of the content, not the bottle, isn't it? Yeah. If you do, if you are careful, you buy a perfume and you buy a, a, a bochi perfume. You know a bochi perfume. You spray two seconds, it's, been, it's gone. Or you smell very bad. Oh. So 
you are a spirit being, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you are a, a, you are a spirit, the one who is looking at me, eh? and moving and thinking and hearing, is your spirit. You are not a mind, you are not a brain. The dead body will have the brain there, but the one who causes the brain to think, the one who causes the brain to think and to be educated and all that, is not there. So if you read Romans chapter 12, verse 1, look at Romans 12, verse 1. The, the Bible shows us that we are not bodies, we are not minds. We are more than a body, we are more than a mind. Okay? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, if I tell you to present your shirt as a living sacrifice, are you your shirt? What does that mean? That means that you own the shirt, isn't it? So he's not talking to the, the shirt, he's talking to the one who owns the shirt. So this one says, I beseech you therefore by the mercy of God that you present your body. Meaning that your body is not you. Your body is just a house. It's just a possession. It's something you own. Do you see? So he says, give your body as a living sacrifice to God. Which is your reasonable service. Holy and settle unto God. Which is your reasonable service. Next verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you were a mind. Who is he talking to? If he says, renewing of your mind. Then it means that you are not a mind. The one he's talking to owns the body and owns the mind. So who is he making reference to? He's making reference to the actual you, your spirit. So we are spirits, we have souls, and we live in bodies. Now, if you don't eat for five days, you've said that you have a problem, isn't it? Your body needs certain things to be sustained. It needs air, it needs water, it needs food, it needs all those things. If your body does not get all these things, it will die. Is it true? How about your soul? How about your mind? If your mind is not trained, for instance, you, you finish school for a long time and you are not reading, you will realize that you can't even spell quiet. When we say spell quiet, you realize that you can't spell quiet. You spell it Q-E-U-U-E-T. Quiet. Hey! I should move the microphone around right now and ask to spell quiet. It will be a problem. I know, so I will not even try it. We beg. Hallelujah. If you've not been training your mind, the difference between you and the one who never went to school is your mind. Your mind was trained. Your mind was fed. Your mind needs to be fed. Do you understand? You see, those who are doctors and those who are lawyers and those who are all those things fed their mind along a certain line. That is why they became doctors and lawyers and pharmacists and social workers. And all those. You feed your mind in a certain way. So your body needs to be fed. Your mind needs to be fed. If these things are not you, but things that you own, yet are very important to feed, how much more your spirit, which is the real you? How much more the real you? So in First Timothy 4, 8, Let's read the Amplified. 1 Timothy 4, 8. For physical training is of some value. It's useful for a little. It says training yourself physically. Building muscles is good. Mm? Exercising for your bones to be, to be okay is good. For your muscles to be okay is good. It's useful for a little. But godliness, then he puts into bracket, spiritual training. Spiritual training is useful. And of value in everything and in every way. In everything and in every way. In other words, if your spirit is trained well, it will help you in your exam. 
It will help you with your relationship. It will help you in your marriage. It will help you on how to deal with your parents. It will help you on how to keep your money. It will help you in every single way that you need in life. Because your spirit is the real you. And if your spirit is really trained and fed well, ah, you see how you feel when you have eaten some nice, you know, in Kumasi on tech campus. We don't call it beans, red, red. It's called gobe. Because in Kumasi, you have people buying beans with salad and, and yam and pear and sausage and the love. You will see it. You know, you will see it. You'll be surprised. It will become something very nice for you. It's a secret. It's a secret. Tell anybody it's a secret. It's a secret. He says spiritual training is what? Is useful and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise of the present life and the life which is to come. Wow. wow. Say wow. wow. So if your spirit man is not fed, if you are not feeding your body, you become hungry. If you are not feeding your mind, you become sociology. You have degree in sociology. Tiwi. Tiwi logic. Or sociology. If your spirit man is not fed, you are in trouble. When you become born again, you need to be fed. If you read in First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, look at First Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that lives and abides forever. This is what the, the Bible says. When you become born, if you become a child of God, what happens is that now you are born of the word. You are born of the word of God. Now, if you are born of the word of God, what it means is that you are born with the word of God as your DNA. Okay? Now, have you ever seen a fish walking around on tech campus? Wearing a summer shirt and a summer hat and sunglasses with a baggy shorts or slim fit. And it's moving around like that. What's up, man? Yeah, what's up? Have you ever seen some before? Why is it not like that? Or oh, yeah, fish? Because fish, fish is what is born in water. Fish is born where? In water. Fishes are born in water. How do you kill fishes? You don't kill fishes with a machine gun. Standing in the water with a machine gun, we are shooting them. No, it's a waste of time. All you need to do is to bring them out of the water. If you bring them out of the water, what will happen? They will start flipping like this. <laughs> Give them about five, ten minutes, they'll be dead. So, in the same way, if you, who is born of the word, does not, is not feeding on the word, you are taken out of the water, and you, very soon, you will just be moving like that. It's like you are surviving, but very soon you will die. So, you need to be fed. Your spirit man needs to be fed. If your spirit man is not fed, you will not do well in any part of your life. You may be smart here, but you will be depressed. Yeah. You may be eating well, but you realize that you are not fine. Your spirit man is very important. Look at Second Peter chapter Verse 2 says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Without the word of God, you cannot grow. Without being fed, you will not grow. Now, God has designed some people to feed you. Guess what their names are? Shepherds. Hey, is it not a serious thing? Now, remember, remember, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Paul said, take heed unto yourselves and to the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Okay, then it says, to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, isn't it? Look at it, it says, take heed therefore unto yourself and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church. So flock must be fed. Yeah. 
And who feeds them? The shepherd is the one who feeds them. They must be fed. The other one I showed you in First Peter chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 2. Look at First Peter 5, 1 and 2. Go back to that place. I showed you all those scriptures. But I want to show you them again. The elders which are among you are what? Which I'm also, I'm also an elder and a witness of the servants of Christ. And blah, 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 blah. Next verse, verse 2. Feed the flock of God. So you must be fed. I'm going to show you why it is important for you to be fed. You must be fed. If you are not being fed as a human being, spiritually, your life, you see, that's why people are in difficulty. That's why people are suffering. You may not have money, but you'll be full of joy. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Money is nothing. You may not have physical money on you, but you realize that you are full of joy. You will learn how to live without money. Paul said, I've learned to live without money and to live with abundance. Okay, Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 1 to verse 6. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, verse 2, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, That's yet the Lord God unto the shepherds. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? So it says the shepherds are not feeding the flocks. They are feeding themselves. Next verse. Verse 3. Ye eat the fat and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. I want you to see the fact that shepherds are designed by God to feed the flock. To feed you. <laughs> Next verse. To feed you with the word of God. You remember? The word, the spirit, the power of God, the grace of God, the glory. I'll show you. The disease have you not strengthened. He's talking to the shepherd. He says, the disease have you not strengthened. Neither have you healed that which was sick. Neither have you bound up that which was broken. Neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. He's criticizing the shepherds for not doing their job. Wow. And they were scattered. When sheep are not fed, they are scattered. Your life becomes bizarre. Listen, you're feeding your spirit is too important. That's why, because you're a spirit being. That is the real you. That is why you cannot take God out. I came to come and learn. It's true. But without God, your learning will be nonsense. Listen, we've been to school before, brothers and sisters. We have finished the school long time. I'm not a failure in life. I'm blessed. I'm blessed with the blessings of God that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. That's what I have. So at least listen to what I'm saying, okay? Listen before you write me off. There, there has, there, this is very, it's the most important thing in your life. If you ignore it, you are in trouble. Proverbs 13, 13. Message version. Look at Proverbs 13, 13. Message. There's a, there's a version of the Bible called Message Version. Can you read this one for me? One, to go. Ignore the word and suffer. Ignore the word. And suffer. Ignore the word. And suffer. Read the rest. God's commands and grow rich. If you ignore the word, you will suffer. There's a time in someone in people's lives where the word of God does not work for them again. God does not mind people when he is talking to them and they are not minding him. After some time, when you also talk to God, he will not mind you. Let me show it to you. Maybe you've never seen it in your Bible before. Proverbs chapter 1. Let's read from verse 20. Proverbs chapter 1 from verse 20. Wisdom cried without. She uttered a voice in the streets. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the word of God. Since the word of God is kind, like I'm talking to you now, you feel like shutting yourself to me as I'm talking. Like what he's saying is not important. We have come to do this. We have come to do that. I'm showing you in the Bible right now, like I'm showing you. So tell me about. He's showing you. Verse 21. Next verse. Verse 21. She cried in the chief place of concourse. Wisdom is always talking to you. The word of God is always talking to you in the openings of the gates. In the city, she uttered her words, saying, 
Oh, ye how long, ye simple ones? A simple one is a simpleton, a foolish one. An idiot. How long, simple ones, will ye love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? Like I'm giving the word of God, you don't, you don't want to mind me. Next verse. Turn you at my reproof. Like if I tell you, do this. Like put your phone on silence, for instance. It's one of them. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. That's what the word of God does. It pours unto you the spirit of God. I will make known my words unto you. Next verse. But because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded me. You regarded not the word of God. Next verse. But you have set at not all my counsel. In other words, you have made all my, my counsel to you, all my advice to you, all my words to you, nonsense. Message. We should read message, eh? From verse what? Message from, from here. Let's read from here. From here. Since you laugh at my counsel and make a joke of my advice. Like as God is talking to you, I'm making a joke in your mind. Making a joke, then you laugh. Sometimes I see that in churches. As I'm preaching, you see some people... <laughs> you are laughing at us, okay? I see a sheep, Papa. I see a sheep. What do you learn in church, Charlie? We, meh, we are just sheep. How can I take it? Listen, it says because go to another verse twenty-five. Verse twenty-five. Because you laugh at my counsel and make a joke of my advice, how can I take you seriously? I will turn the tables and joke about your troubles. What if the roof falls in and your whole life goes to pieces? What if catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes? Next verse. You will need me then. You will call for me. But don't expect an answer. Don't expect an answer from me. Because when I was telling you and trying to help you and show you what to do with your life, you were laughing at me. That's what the word of God says. You were laughing at me. Some time ago, we had some young people come around from this area. When I'm preaching, they'll be laughing. They are not here anymore. Ah, God will take you out. And they will suffer for a very long time. Why? Because they, they, they were laughing at God. Yeah, we didn't send ourselves though. We didn't send ourselves. I'm not here because I want to be here. There are, listen, there are 21 churches, even 22. Some are abroad. I can go and live abroad and be there and pastor a church. But why am I sitting here with you? With, what, what can I get from you? What do you have? What do you have? Shelley, not, not. But this is where God wants you to be. God has sent me here. I have to be here. Are you here? Yeah. But listen to what he's telling you. You will need me then. You will call for me, but don't expect an answer. No matter how hard you look, you won't find me. You won't find me, no matter how hard you look. Because you hated knowledge and had nothing to do with the fear of God. You hated knowledge. You have come because you want to have sex around. I'm talking to you, not mind me. No fear of God. You have come because you want to you want to do people and do all kinds of things and be a liar and something. You want to have boys, boys, and be all kinds of things. I'm telling you that the most important thing in your life is a shepherd. You are joking with me. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Jeremiah 3 15. King James. Mm-hmm. And I will give you pastors. This is God talking. Oh. This, is not, this is God talking. Remember, it's God talking. He says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart. According to my heart. And it is God who gives. It's God who gives. Do you think our meeting is, not, is normal? No. When did you come to school? When did you come? You came on Friday. This is Sunday. Two days later, you are sitting here. Do you think it's normal that they met you and brought you here? How many of you think it's normal that they met you and brought you here? It's not normal, though. 
Our meeting has been arranged by God. This is destiny happening right before your eyes. Some didn't come. More people were invited. But some didn't come. More, way more than this. But you are here. You think, ask anybody, do you think it's normal? It's not normal. God gives. He says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. It is God who is, who has brought you here for us to talk to you. Okay? Let me show you a scripture. When I meet someone, I know it's not ordinary. Because I, I walk with the Spirit. I walk with the Holy Spirit. So our meeting is not ordinary. Now, in Acts chapter 8, from verse 25. Look at Acts 8.25. Next verse, verse 26. I don't want to read too much. Look at this. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, a man called Philip, saying, Arise. Philip was in a certain city called Samaria. He was doing the work of the Lord. Plenty of people had gotten saved. Big church. But God told him, move out. He says, go and go toward the south into the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. Go into a desert place, a place where there's nothing. Next verse. And he arose and went. God didn't tell him why he was going. God just told him, go. For instance, we just met you and spoke to you. It's like it's like nothing. And behold, the man of Ethiopia and Enoch of great authority and the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to worship for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Just as Philip went to stand where God wanted him to stand, he saw an Ethiopian Enoch passing by in his chariot and reading the book of Isaiah. You think that it is coincidence? Look at the next verse. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. Go near and join yourself to this chariot. Who spoke to Philip? The Holy Spirit. Was their meeting an ordinary meeting? It wasn't an ordinary meeting. This was the way Africa got the gospel. The gospel came to Africa because of this meeting. Maybe your whole family is going to change because of our meeting. Maybe your whole destiny is going to change because of our meeting. Maybe your whole life, your children will become correct because of our meeting. So don't think that it's an ordinary oh, they, are just, they are just here, they are just talking. No, God has sent us into your life. Brothers and sisters, don't joke with it. Do you understand? Look at the next verse. Verse 30. And Philip ran that to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? Understand that what that readers? Do you understand what you are reading? And the man got angry. How can I accept some man? Some what? Man. How can I? He was reading the Bible, but he didn't understand. You have been reading your Bible all this while. You don't know that the scriptures I'm sharing are in the Bible even. You have gone to a certain church for a very long time. I'm not criticizing your church, wherever you are coming from. It's powerful. But what I'm saying to you is that we are here in your life to help you. He says, do you understand? I don't understand. How can I accept some man should guide me? There's a servant sent from God to guide you in your life. If you don't find that person, you are dead. It's finished. You'll be bewildered for the rest of your life. You'll be distressed for the rest of your life. You can be in a certain church and you are bewildered and distressed, even though you are there. Because you are not being fed. He says, and he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. You must desire us to come around and visit you and help you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And from that scripture, look at it. It says, the scripture where he was reading, from that place, okay, Philip explained the word of God for him and helped him to have an experience with the word of God. The guy's salvation was in the word. He was reading it, but he didn't know how to get it. That is why pastors are sent into your life. That is why we have been sent into your life today. That is why we are talking to you today. He says, I now give you pastors after my own heart. 
after my own heart. Listen, without you having a shepherd in your life, you cannot even believe the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed. Without them, you cannot believe. He says, they are ministers by whom you believe. Even as the Lord gave to every man. So God gives everybody a shepherd. He gives everybody somebody to help him with the scriptures. Because you can read the Bible and you don't understand. How many of you have heard that? You've read the Bible, you don't really understand what's going on. You know you are born again, but you don't really understand what it is. You heard about the Holy Spirit. Someone will say, oh, God spoke to me. But you're wondering, how does God speak to people? I mean, what, which telephone did you use? Which mobile, what's his mobile number? You may not have any understanding. That is why God sends you shepherds. Okay? He says, even as the Lord gave to every man, by ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man, God gives. Jeremiah 3, 15, once again. And I will give you pastors. Say, I will give you pastors. I will give you pastors. Who shall feed, he says, after my own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge. So what do we feed? We feed two things. Knowledge, the feed must be fed with what? Knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and So what do shepherds feed? Number one is what? Knowledge. Number two is what? Now what what is the meaning of these two things? Knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Now you are surprised. Like, hey, he's bringing a thing out. Like he's talking here, he's talking here. Listen. (laughs) You need a shepherd. Tell everybody you need a shepherd in your life. To feed you with the word of God. To feed you knowledge and understanding. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Knowledge. To feed you with knowledge. Now, I remember the knowledge is the word of God. So to feed you with the word of God. You remember in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. He says that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. In other words, without the word of God you will not grow. Shepherds are designed to feed your spirit to grow. So that you can grow up as a man. How many of you don't want to grow? How many of you want to grow? Naturally speaking, you want to grow. You want to grow, right? Now, why do you want to grow? Because if you don't grow, you see, if a child is growing, turns age five and does not grow again, what what is he? There's something wrong, isn't it? There are some things he cannot do. He may not be able to drive, isn't it? He may not be able to work in certain places. Oh, it's the truth. It's called dwarfism. You may, you may not be accepted in some places. You may not be able to marry. And enjoy some things. If you don't grow naturally, you will not be able to even give birth. Because your system is not matured enough to hold the baby. You can't, you can't have some things. You can't have some things. Why? Because you are not growing. So, in the same way, in the realm of the spirit, if you are not growing, you are denied. You have denied yourself of too many things. So, you need to grow. That's why we feed you. One of the major reasons now. This one, let me show you this. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. Hmm? Grace and what? Peace. Now, grace is given to you as you are fed with the knowledge of God and with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
In other words, as we preach to you and share the word of God with you and explain the word of God to you, grace, what is grace? Grace is the single most important thing you need in your life. And it comes through feeding of the word. Grace and peace be multiplied. What is grace? Grace is ability from God. It is grace that will make you get good grades. It is grace that will make your lecturer not target you as the girl he's going to be sleeping with for grades. Because there are lecturers like that. Am I lying? There, you're a lecturer. Am I lying? There are lecturers like that on campus. He's a lecturer. The one sitting over there. He's a lecturer. And we've had several stories like that. Plenty of stories. Your bottoms are big, small. Your breasts are big. There are lecturers who, who have ladies they want to sleep with in each class. And, and if, you, if they don't sleep with you, you see that your lecturer is too powerful. Your lecturer can just fail you for no reason. I, I'm telling you, we, deal with, we have dealt with such cases. Yeah. It is grace that will make you pass your exam. You wrote, you wrote, you were supposed to write C, and then you wrote J. The lecturer will see it as C and mark you correct. It's called grace. It is grace that will make you miss certain accidents. Because it's not everybody who has come to school will finish school. Yeah. Do you know it's not everybody who has come? You're all in first year, you're all jumping. Hey, it's not everybody who will finish. You will hear people's deaths. You'll be surprised. You'll be shocked. Maybe you are designed to also die. The devil has a plan like that. It is grace that will let you escape that death. It is grace that will make your life beautiful and your life excellent. So you need grace. The Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, see the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the grace of God. Grace means help. Grace means God helping you. Can you imagine if God is helping you in your life? Ah! God is helping you. Tell anybody you need grace. Ask him, how does grace come? By what? The knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And shepherds, he says, I'll give you shepherds after my heart, according to my Who will feed you with knowledge and understanding? They will feed you with knowledge. So the more we feed you like this, the more the grace of God upon your life increases. Grace is the blessing of God. You see, grace, eh? grace cannot be seen with the physical life because grace is like the air. But you see the effects of grace. The effects of grace is what makes your life attractive. The effects of grace is what makes you miss bad things. Bad things. The boy, you see, as God has designed nice people who will help you in your life, the devil also designed bad people who will destroy your life. Now, grace is what keeps you on the path of God and not go on the path of the devil. Yeah, because there's someone who is designed to destroy your life in this school. There's someone who will teach you how to smoke weed in this school. I'm telling you, there's someone who is designed to teach you how to smoke weed. You don't know about it. You have nothing. You have no knowledge about it. It's a dragon in your life. There's someone who is designed by the devil to make you a club boy. Or a club girl. Or an escort. Or a scammer. Or a boozite. You know who a boozite is? You become a drunkard. Because here, yeah, nobody, nobody is, nobody's going to do anything. Or you see how small it's like you are young. Yeah, you can easily become a boozite. There's someone designed to teach you how to drink. He's in the school there. I'm telling you, he's waiting for you at a certain point. Yeah. Listen, I, I, the class I was in, eh, 
when I was in Kat- Katanga Hall, on Friday, Friday is boozing night. You when you're entering the hall, there are bottles of Guinness beer, everything at the JCL. Boys are drinking plenty. It's fun. I had a friend I finished secondary school with, and we all ended up at Kat, and we all ended up in the same class as well. We were all in the same class in secondary school. We ended up in the same hall and in the same class in the university. Very good boy when we were in secondary school. By the time we were done, before we were done, you know, do you know BWT? They were told. They were told. They were told. They were told. They were demonstration and the jama it entered him he became a different person and it's like a spirit it's like a spirit that you cannot take yourself out of it's a spirit it entered him he went to africa hall and removed all his buttons and showed it like this with his balls everything showing good boy from secondary school he got into humanizing yeah it's just recently I saw that he was getting married. I mean, after all, it's now recent. It's now that he's trying to get married. Grace, grace will help you miss some foolish. How does it come? Knowledge. We feed you with the word of God. We show you what the word of God is saying, so that your life can be correct, or else you, you mess up your life and you'll be shocked. I'm not joking with you. I'm telling you the truth. That's why. This. That's why I'm telling you this, because you are in the balance right now. You are on the verge of decisions. You are. It's called snake junction. You're on the, you are on the junction of making certain wild decisions that can either make your life or make your life. You need grace. Grace comes through the knowledge. Can you hear what I'm saying? Do you, is what I'm saying difficult to understand? If, it, if you can understand what I'm saying, then it means that this is where God wants you to be. Stay. Don't go anywhere. If you can hear me, then Stay. Grace and peace. I have so many things to share with you. I'm not, I'm not done. This is just point two. This just this is just one and a half. I've not finished the point two. But have you learned anything? Yes. Have you been blessed? Yes. So you are welcome to KNUSD campus. And you are especially welcome to Love Economy Church. Now we explain we'll explain the name to you so that you it's like hey economy, what are we economizing? What are we, what are we economizing? It has a meaning, please. So we'll explain it to you next week when you come. Okay? In Jesus' name. God bless you. Stand up on your feet and just thank God for what I shared with you. Bless him. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.